Do 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 do. It's yeah, mind yeah. gap. Welcome. Yeah. Ha! I'm Doug. I'm Justin. And you're listening to another episode of Mind Gap. Doug had Mario has Mario on his shirt, and that's what uh, made him think of the do 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 do. You know what? I honestly didn't even realize that's why really? I did it. But it, it makes sense. It was just there. I was it, just, I just, you're feeling it by your I'm heart. I'm feeling it in my plums. Yeah, deep down. Deep in down plums. in my plums. Oh, guys. guys, welcome back to another week of Mind Gap. We're so happy to have you here. Hey, Doug, guess what? Mm. Happy anniversary, buddy! Happy anniversary to you, my baby! Three years. Three fucking years. Three years. We that's, have not missed a week in three years. 156 <clears throat> Thursdays. Right, just for you for guys. For you, and I'm uh, excited about it. I fucking love the fact that we've done 156 right? of these in a row. We started out going like, man, we gotta make sure that we hit these every single time, and it became this thing where it's like, well, if we miss one, we miss one. But then it got to the point where it's like, dude, we can't miss one at right. this point. Like we've gone this long, we have to keep going. We <laughs> keep going. Yeah, and we've had some close calls. We're like, dude, how are we gonna do this? And we figure it out because yeah. it's important that we are consistent and that you guys have something every Thursday. That's right. But more importantly, you know, thankful for three years. We're also thankful for Elfin and Castle. We are really thankful for them. For giving us a home, a place to record, and, you know, shout out to Elfin and Castle. Right. In the ENC Lounge, where dreams e find direction. ENC Lounge. 185 North Wabash. That's right. You can't see it, but Doug's popping and locking right now. <laughs> Just popping my shoulder out of place. Pop, pop, pop. Uh, guys, come down to Elephant and Castle, 185 North Wabash. They've got some amazing specials. They've got happy hour Monday through Friday from 3 to 6 p.m. They have snack and shares. Basically, all items that are $11 or less are half price. Your domestic drafts like Bud Light, Coors Light, Shock Top, Sam Adams are $4. And your house wines at 6 ounces with uh, Camelot, Pinot Gris, and some Cabernet are all $4. four bucks, guys. That's it. Happy hour. And plus, there's daily specials, such as One and Done Monday, which, hands down, is one of the coolest things right. in the city of Chicago. You've got craft keg of beer that taps at 5 p.m., and they pour it until it's gone, and pints are three fucking dollars. Watch this. Watch this. One, two, three. That's it. That's all That's that it. it is. There's no more than that. And it rotates every Monday. It's something different. So, come on. It, three bucks? It, 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 it truly Woo! is one of the best uh, drinking deals you got in Chicago. And then you've got Tin Up Tuesday, where all tins are 25% off. Justin, what the fuck is a tin? That is a taxpayer identification number. There you go. Yeah. It's also a can of beer. Oh, that's right. <laughs> so, all cans of beer, 25% off on Tuesdays. You've got Wine Down Wednesday, where Wine by the Glass is a dollar off. And Wine by the Bottle is half off. Yeah. Half off. Half off. Uh, it's Hefuf. Hefuf. That sounds very good. Yeah. Uh, locals only Thursday where select Chicago drafts are five and a half dollars. You can't beat that deal. You can try. You can it, try. It'll hit you back. Right in the taint. Uh, Saturday and Sunday, you've got mimosas and Bloody Marys for five dollars. As well as an awesome brunch menu. Yes. As well as, guys, just in general, they've got some sweet, sweet stuff. I'm looking at this picture of Perry Perry Chicken Pops. Mm -hmm. Look at that and tell me that doesn't look amazing. No, I'm fucking, like, I, have, I haven't eaten dinner. I'm very hungry. Like, I'm and that starving. looks fucking amazing. Yeah, dude. They, so come on down here. It's a great place. Let them know that Mind Gap sent you. You know, we really want to give back to them because they've given us this wonderful place to record. Seriously. 
And, uh, and they know, do have a lot. They, look, 185 North Wabash is the one that, that's our. This is our home away from home, and yes. we prefer you come to this one. But there are other Elephant and Castles mm-hmm. uh, in Chicago, so if you can't make it to this one, at least come to an Elephant and Castle. Yeah. and check it out. But this one really is the coolest one. Yeah, and if you're here on a Tuesday <laughs> evening, we're yeah. usually down in the lounge doing some recording. So stop on by, wave, say hello. If we're recording, we'll probably you know give you a wink or a finger. Just to let you know we're recording, but we'll acknowledge it. We love giving things. And then maybe we can uh, chat about it afterwards. But 185 North Wabash, check out Elephant and Castle. We love them. You'll love them. Just do it. Yeah. Nike. Just, right. <laughs> <laughs> we have to pay royalties on that now. Maybe. Uh, so, guys, <clears throat> episode 156. Three years in. is one for the ages. This is. We have such a special guest, someone we are so excited to have on here. You've heard us refer to this guest many times. Many, 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 many times. Uh, he's been a part of several <coughs> throwdowns. He has, yeah, and he's won them. He's won them, yeah. or he's de-escalated. Or them. he has de-escalated them. You've heard, uh, you, you've heard tales mm-hmm. of him. You know, uh, this he, this man has has worked his way through the ranks. Yes, and not that say. at the end of the day, he knows. Right, he knows. He was officer. He was sergeant, and now he's lieutenant. We are so happy to introduce Lieutenant Alex Brock. <laughs> the podcast for episode 156 so so fitting for our three-year anniversary yes and we talk about so many cool things we pick his brain on what it's like to be a police officer what it's like to be a lieutenant uh how he feels about the state of things with police officers common misconceptions how he feels about the state of oklahoma how he feels about the state of oklahoma how he feels about the state of just kind of being exactly yeah uh, we talk about de-escalation. We talk about, um, you know, all sorts of great, great things. Uh, you know, it's really exciting, and we had a blast talking to him. He's a wonderful, generous person, very funny. We're so happy to welcome him. So, guys, enjoy yourselves, episode 156. But before we let you go, we got to ask. We have to ask. Yeah. Guys. Yeah. Go over to iTunes, uh-huh. Spotify, uh-huh. Google Podcasts, uh-huh. Stitcher, oh, wherever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Leave a review. Leave yeah. a review of Mind Gap Podcast. Just just whatever it is. Put our name out there. Put your put your stamp on it. We really appreciate it. It can be as short as this is nerdy. I like it. Exactly. Right? It can be it can be an entire uh, uh, episodic poem mm-hmm. if you want. Yeah. Doesn't we'll matter. Accept it. We'll accept all of it. But we would really just need that just so we can help uh, help our podcast uh, keep going. It's year three. We're heading into year three. We want to just start uh, drumming up some stuff on those sites. So if you could do us a giant solid, head out, leave a review, we would greatly appreciate it. Absolutely. And also, I always say, sharing is caring. 100%. So please, just send it to one person. Mm-hmm. You're like, hey, I got someone who, who uh, likes police. Send it to them. Yeah. You know? Yeah, they, I got someone who knows how to spell police. <laughs> Send it to them. I like Sting, and he was in police. Right, exactly. Let's, let's share this. Absolutely. Uh, you know, shout out to Hag. Shout out to Tony Hobbs. Shout out to our buddy Jared in Australia. You guys have all shared and spread us around, and we appreciate that. Thank you for doing that. And, I honestly and, thought you were going a different direction with that yeah. because Hag was a police officer, uh-huh. and so I thought you were. I'm like Tony. Ho- sure, Tony Hobbs. Yeah, yeah he was a, a police cop. officer. Yeah, and then you said, I'm like, wait. I don't know if all these people are police officers. <laughs> so yes, please, we appreciate that. Uh, it feels icky for me to ask, but it does. It does mean a lot. I and we relish appreciate it. it. He relishes it. I'm nourished it. by it. He is revived. Yeah. So guys, episode one one fifty six with Lieutenant Alex Brock. Enjoy. We had a blast. You'll have a blast too, guaranteed. Mind Gap Podcast. 
Did you ever have it in health class? Like where, when I was in health class, I only learned about boy stuff. I never once was told about what was going on with the ladies. Did that happen to either no. of you two? I'm not sure at that time I wanted to know. <laughs> I That's was it. definitely curious. We had a page marked in the health book where you could see like a drawing of a woman's breasts. And we were very much yeah. going to that page. I think it was page 386, if I remember correctly. Well done, Doug. <laughs> well goddamn done, Doug. Hey, dude, I remember what's important, okay? I don't know if I learned about... We might have like... I think what it was is we briefly touched on... Uh, the topic of what happens with the other sex, but mm-hmm. I don't think we I don't think we deep dove into it. Yeah, yeah. It was like boys were separated from the girls. <laughs> there was definitely a joint. There was a, there was a co-ed portion though. Yeah, for sure. Well, we did co-ed when it was like you know when health class was like these are the bones in the body, but when it came to like yeah. this is how the vagina and the penis works, it was like nope, separate rooms. Here's another bone <laughs> in the body. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For the longest time, I thought that was a bone in my penis. And I was like, and then I was like, what do you mean it's just blood? What are you talking about? Blood's not that hard. Yeah. Life is full of miracles, I guess, is how we describe it. Miracles and mysteries. <laughs> that's, ex- that's, that's the title. If I were to teach a health class, it would be called Miracles and Mysteries, Your Body Now. <laughs> that sounds, dude, put that in the self-help section now. That's perfect. That's absolutely perfect. Alex, have you, do you, I was just having this conversation with my sister the other day, and uh, mm-hmm. she was asking if uh, my wife and I had uh, D.A.R.E. Mm-hmm. when we were in high school, or in grade school, and I said, absolutely, I said, absolutely. Do you guys have D.A.R.E. where you're at, and if, if so, or did you have D.A.R.E., is it still a thing, and have you ever done it? <laughs> have you ever taught it? So, I, I have, uh, I had D.A.R.E. when I was in school, and... We do not actually have there right now in our schools down here, mm-hmm. um, but we could. I, I could. I could teach it, but I'm not. I'm no longer in the school, so um, I'm not sure if I'd go back in to actually teach that. But um, mm-hmm. I have. I am certified to do it. I got certified in a different agency that I was at, and uh, it. I think it's fairly important. Um, they obviously talk about drugs and alcohol, but it's not all about drugs and alcohol anymore. It's about actually making right decisions and making sure you're doing everything the proper way. It's more of uh, building the character of someone. And and they actually start as as low as kindergarten in there now. Um, And they do it all the way through uh, senior year. And they also have programs to teach the parents of kind of what the kids are doing these days and what they're into and different apps and all that kind of stuff. But it's all gathered into there. But I mean, obviously they, they really focus on um, alcohol, drugs and, Sure. tobacco use but they have other things they do i i think it's important but uh it takes a lot for a school to um put it into effect if they don't already have it nice so it's a lot to spin it up like to spin, it, it to spin up a, a program yeah yeah because you know all these schools have curriculums and they have to go by and kind of dare kind of screws that up a little bit in a, in a way but um they have their own curriculum that can work into certain things but it's just whether or not that teacher wants an officer to come in for 50 minutes of their time and and uh, and teach, um, but it's a it's a lot to undertake. But it's it's a good program, but it's it's hard to get started. Ah, oh, that makes sense. That's cool. So, Alex, you know, first of yeah. all, I want to officially thank you for you know taking the time to be with us, and also thank you for being a fan of the show. It's nice to you know uh, that you listen. We always love to meet uh, listeners of our show and. Um, I think to start, you know, really start things off, I think we have probably one of the most important questions is obviously um, you've been listening to the show for a little while now. How long do you think you've been listening to our show? 
I think I've been listening since 2016, like early 2016. Holy um, crap. I got, yeah, I got to know, your, obviously, your brother very well yeah. um, at the school. And uh, I, I think he made me, like, uh, get me warmed up to him before he told me about the, the podcast, you know. So uh, once we were uh, fairly close, he, he's like, hey, you know, my brother's got a podcast. I've been on it. So, of course, you know, sure. I go and I find both of the of the, of the episodes he's been on so I can listen to him. Uh-huh. And uh, and that's kind of what, what started. I, I listened to both Dave's uh, nice. um, episodes, and, and then um, I just kept seeing what you guys were talking about and if it caught my eye I'd listen to it and now um, I look forward to you know pretty much every Thursday so that sounded like a very like you know uh, we were fishing for something and it really wasn't the, the, the question here ultimately is since you've been listening since 2016 um, yeah how has MindGap uh, positively affected um, the crime rates uh, where you are I'm assuming it's gone down since you've listened to MindGap oh I mean I think it's gotten better because all they do you know they sit in there in their houses and they just listen at least for an you know, hour and a half a day it's actually very peaceful and <laughs> hey guys I mean you heard it right here first from Lieutenant Brock yes. it is uh, Mind Gap is making the world a better place we are making communities oh, I, safer I agree <laughs> We are making communities safer one listener yeah. at a time. <laughs> well, thank you for humoring us with that. Uh, but, yeah, so um, obviously, you know, you're a lieutenant in the police force uh, down in southern Missouri. Um, wh- yeah. wh- what's that like? What's 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 it like being a lieutenant of a, of a police force? Well, uh, at first it's, it's very new to me. I just got promoted um, last September. But uh, congrats, yes. incidentally, big congrats. Yeah, I appreciate it, and it's a it's it's a lot. Um, you know, I, I I have to put together schedules. I got to check all the reports, make sure everybody's doing the the right thing at all the right times, and make sure everybody's in policy. And you know, I'm the kind of the, the middleman between the upper command staff mm-hmm. and the rest of the patrol. So you know, if the captains and the chief have directives they want to put down to um, the patrol unit, they obviously they tell me, and then I let everybody know of who needs to know, and, and we try to work it that way. Um, I have a lot of we're a small uh, small de- department, so I have a lot more say than I think maybe some other lieutenants might, or I might not have as much say as some other lieutenants. But I think it's a happy medium that I can actually go between um, the, the higher command all the way down to the the low the lowest patrolman that we have, and be able to talk to all of them. Whenever I want, and uh, but it's it's a uh, it's a lot to take care of because you know being a, a sergeant prior to this, I was only supervising you know two three people, mm-hmm. and now I'm supervising thirteen people. Wow! And uh, so and, and there's some lieutenants out there that you know have thousands of officers, but sure. uh, you know it's it's a uh, it's a lot to to take to take in, especially you know I'm not I'm fairly young, so. Uh, that that's played a little part into uh it being a little difficult um you know supervising somebody of a an older age or or something like that but uh everybody's been fairly good they know i'm fair and and i'm honest and uh, i try to help them as much as i can so that's got to be a hard adjustment though that's got to be a hard i i was gonna i was gonna say you being because how old are you I'm 33 33 and i'm sure you have some veterans on the staff that are, are are significantly older than that and like, yeah. did they when you when you got promoted to lieutenant and they realized that they had to start listening to what you were saying? 
uh, you know, was there any pushback or, you know, what's this young gun think he knows and, you know, this and that, or, or did they, did they line up pretty, pretty good? Did you have a, a pre-existing uh, relationship with them that allowed for them to kind of easily transition into that? Yeah, I think they, I mean, obviously I think they supported me. Uh, they, majority of them all knew me since I started working there or I was working there whenever they got hired or, okay. or whatnot. Um, but, uh, I think they knew kind of what I'm all about and I'm, I, I, I pride myself on being fair to mm-hmm. whoever I'm talking to. And that, uh, I think, helped me out quite a bit. Uh, they didn't think I was going to come in and play favorites. I, at least I don't think they did. I didn't hear anything of it. But uh, I, they played very well with me, and they supported me, which is more than I can you know, ask. But uh, I think being a small commit uh, department that we are, um, we all look at each other as family. So I think they wanted me to succeed because if I didn't succeed – um, it wouldn't be good for them either. So, yeah, <laughs> you it, know, if I'm if I'm going in there and and uh, going crazy on them, they're not going to like life either. So, um, I think they uh, they're helping me decide what things to do. I, I look at them for um, support and help. I don't just make decisions on a whim if I unless I have to. But usually, I get all their feedback and everything, and I think that helps out the relationship too. So, they've been very good. And honestly, he sounds, he sounds like a great boss. Like, you yeah. really do. And I'm not just blowing smoke up your ass. Justin and I have talked ad nauseum about our work lives and how we, yeah. <laughs> we don't get that in our work lives. No, and that does not always exist. <laughs> right. Also, doesn't doesn't approving vacation time suck ass? <laughs> that sounds what was that? What's that? I didn't hear what you said. Oh, I said, sorry. doesn't approve, now that you're the boss, doesn't approving vacation time suck ass? Yes, 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 yes. yes it does. Uh, no one wants to use it at the beginning of the year. Everybody right. wants to use it at the end. Right. So you can't get everybody. I got to the go opposite at, problem at man. the end. So I, yeah. I run out of vacation time way too quick. I'm my in man, that my boat manager right loves now. me. I'm in that boat. I've got yeah. like ten days I got to use by the end of the year, or I lose it, and I'm like, oh crap. I've got I've got two days left yeah. to use. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I realized I haven't really done anything. I've saved it in case, you know, my daughter gets sick because I'm like, well, you know, got to stay home right. for that. But I'm like, eh, I can only carry over so much. I got I to gotta use this stuff. So I'm right there with you. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Alex, uh, you know, life, you know, Justin and I are just a couple of regular dorks in the regular dork world. And, you know. We watch the news, we hear this, we hear that, and I'm just kind of curious, what, what's your take on the current state of, like, police enforcement, kind of, like, in your community as well as kind of throughout the nation? Like, how do you, how do you feel about how things are perceived, what people are doing? Like, what's your general sort of viewpoint on that sort of stuff? I, I think I'm a very positive person, so um, I look at it like... Um, it, I, th- I feel it's good um, for the majority. I mean, obviously, I think there's there's parts in the world that maybe are in the nation that may not like police officers very much right now. But uh, um, I don't think it's any different than it was, you know, with, you know, 50s, 60s, in the 70s, 80s, whatever. I think it's just more mainstream now, and it's it's more in social media. Like, people mm-hmm. have a voice louder now than they did back then, which is actually a good thing because, you know, they help us keep, they help keep us honest, I think. And Sometimes it can be overboard, but I think for the most part, um, some of their reserves about police officers, you know, unfortunately they have, they have footage and documentation of, you know, officers doing bad things and making poor choices. But um, majority of us are not like that. Majority of us are doing the right thing out there and, and not getting looked at. You know, the things that 
everybody sees is the bad and mm -hmm. the negative and and i think if you tend to just listen to that of course you know the your mindset on police is not going to be good at all sure. um but if you go out and you actually talk to some of the police officers out there regardless if it's in you know chicago or new york or southeast missouri there are so many out there that have the same mindset mindset as me and they treat everybody fairly no matter who they are and they try to do the right thing which is you know they, they make sure that everybody's following the law and um, there's different thing, different ways of doing that, but I think you know, obviously, there just like any profession, there's there's bad uh, police officers out there, and there's really mm -hmm. good ones. And um, I just think uh, right now, if people focus on you know the the bad police officers, you know, they just lump us all in together, and it's just I don't think that's fair. In your in your mind, what makes a good police officer versus a bad police officer? Um, I, well, obviously, you know, just ethics and um, being honest and not trying to cover up a, a, a mistake that you make. Um, we're all human, and that's how I try to tell the guys that work under me or work with me. It's like, look, guys, you know, we're out here doing, trying to do our best, and, you know, of course we're going to mess up. Eventually we're going to do something that's either stupid or, or not right, um, hopefully not, you know, uh, illegal, but sometimes in police departments that, that occurs, you know, every, everybody makes poor choices, but, um, one, obviously, you try to learn from it, but you try your best every single day. And uh, I think the good police officers can can do that and uh, separate their own personal beliefs when it comes to the job. Like, if you go out and you, say, um, go to a domestic or, or whatever, and you maybe had a history of domestic in your family, mm -hmm. um, that you don't let that affect you while you're there trying to do your job. It's just going to make matters worse. So you got to really kind of disconnect all your stuff um, while you're really uh, working that case. And then, you know, you, you can always talk to uh, your other officers about, man, that was a really crappy situation and it sucked to be in. But, uh, you know, we handled it the right way and that's the only way we can handle it. And that's a good police officer that can do that. Plus, uh, you know, obviously a good police officer can uh, de-escalate things um, mm -hmm. when they need to and instead of trying to, you know, sometimes you have to go hands-on or you got to, you know, use your taser or mace or, you know, some, in some cases your gun, but, um, in some cases you can actually talk your way into things and, and get people to do it that way. And there's actually more of that going on in police academies now than there was, you know, 15, even 10 years ago. I think, um, I think Doug and I, I think Doug and I had the same thought when you said, <laughs> when you said about not bringing your own personal beliefs and, and, and feelings into, into a situation when you're responding is that I never considered right. That like for me, it, it always I don't have to think that way. So every time I see a news story, every time we see something, we're in you know we're incited by it or or, or we're elated by it or whatever that we we put so much of our personal feelings into it. It never yeah. dawned on me like that. Yeah, you do have to remain regardless of your political standings, regardless of your personal beliefs, regardless of your whatever beliefs. You've you've got to go into something in as neutral a position as as as, mm -hmm. as humanly possible to really effectively execute your job. Yeah, I, I was. Yeah. I, I, Justin and I both like locked eyes when you said that. We both kind of like acted like we were going to ask the same question. But just to add on to that, I'm like, how do you even go about preparing yourself or training yourself to deal with that? Like, what sort of stuff can you even do to curb that sort of stuff? Well, I mean, they they pretty much. You know, get it into you in, in the uh, in the academy that you're going to see some some pretty bad stuff. You're going to be in bad situations, and 
you might go into a situation that may hit home with you um, or your family or whatever, but uh, they really preach that you're there to simply do a job and you're there to help that situation any way you can that that's going to be a positive one. One, so we don't have to go back there. Um, Not but, fair. You yeah. Know, <laughs> yeah, but, uh, but two, to just to actually resolve it so these things don't occur anymore. And it, it goes for any crime. Um, you know, say somebody gets something stolen off their front porch, you know, you try to help them and then teach them or counsel them and say, hey, you may not just want to leave that out anymore. Maybe you want to lock your door. Maybe you want to lock your door of your car or whatever. But you try to educate them, you try to handle it, you try to make them feel a little bit better about the situation because of course you know anything we get really called to is a, usually a really negative thing for that person yeah you don't they don't Sometimes. call you to the birthday parties do they <laughs> no well no not typically uh, those those are not normally real officers that go to those uh, so. <laughs> wait 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 talk on that hold, wait, on, hold on a second wait i was because i have we did have like uh like it like we had uh like block parties uh like neighborhood block parties and things like that where they would have like uh, cops and stuff come and, and talk with the kids and, and, and take pictures yeah. and photo ops and stuff. Wh- who are they? <laughs> who, yeah. In, yeah. in so many those, words, who the hell are those people? Yeah, those parties, those are probably real police officers. <laughs> not the other ones like, uh, we've got no, a noise the, disturbance. The like ones, a bachelorette no, party? No. That's not a real cop yeah. that's coming to show yeah, us Come on, no? don't tell me you guys don't moonlight. Come on now. Come on. Yeah, no. Brock, we all, no. Know, we all know that you have the nice tush. We all, we've heard stories we all know that you know <laughs> yeah exactly right <laughs> so have you have you always lived in uh in missouri in, in, the, in the community that you're currently stationed in have you always lived there no uh, i moved down uh i think it was in 05 2005 i moved down here and from, uh, from the st louis area from oh, the st. st louis area okay gotcha 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 yeah so it's always been missouri um so what drew you different oh, i'm sorry go ahead no, I was going to say, it's, it's, it's different from even a, you know, a couple-hour drive. Um, you know, it's a lot different than up around in the city. And being down here, it's very, um, you know, country. Um, and uh, it's, just, it's slower. It's not, I, think, I, I think it's a nicer pace. Um, but I don't know if I'd ever want to work up in the St. Louis area as a, as a police officer. I'm kind of used to this, uh, this down here. Yeah. What, what, uh, so what drew you, well, for two, two part question, number one, what drew you into law enforcement in general and what was, what was your, what was your trajectory like your career path going into law enforcement? And then two, what brought you to the community that you're currently in? Yeah. Um, hello. Hey, we're here. Can you, you hear us? us? There you are. Okay. I, I oh. lost you there for a second. Oh, sorry. Um, that's all right. Um, so I didn't always want to be a police officer at all. And, uh, I never really, I didn't, I didn't not like police officers, but you know, I didn't like always want to be a police officer. Mm-hmm. It was to the point where I knew I wanted to do something that kind of helped, that helped people. So I went into uh, school to actually be a school teacher first. And, um, that's a lot of work for very little money. So, <laughs> yep. um, yeah, I decided, uh, I better try to something different. Um, and then I tried, I can't remember what I, I think I tried some like just general studies and try to get some of that out of the way. And then I was pretty much done with school. And, and one of my friends was a police officer and he's like, well, all you got to do is go to a police academy and you can, uh, become a police officer. I'm like, well, how long does that normally take? And he goes, well, it depends which one you go to. It could be three months, it could be eight months, depending on which one. So I picked the eight month one and, uh, 
you know, it was fairly cheap at the time. It was only three grand hmm. to uh, to go through it, and it was kind of a easy way out of school for me. And nice. I, I I didn't know any more of police work other than the show Cops. <laughs> uh, so um, you know, I thought. I thought that type of thing happened all the time. Like, you know, they were constantly going to calls and they were like, you know, constantly getting into stuff and running after people and vehicle chases. And that's not right. And that's, that's definitely not the way it is. But, uh, um, so I was like, you know, I'll try it. And I researched it and I figured, you know, what the heck I'll, I'll go for it. And, uh, for some reason I excelled at it really a lot. And uh, I figured that, Hey, I could probably make a good career of this. And, uh, I went with it. Um, and so to answer the second part, how did I get down here? Um, you know, I, when I just, my girlfriend at the time, um, way back then she was going down here for schooling. So I just, I decided, Oh, I'll just go down there for the police academy. Um, of course, you know, down here we broke up and I stayed and, uh, that's pretty much it. I, uh, the place I, I work mimics my hometown a lot by oh, nice. the size uh the community the way everything works i mean it just feels like to where i grew up and um, i always said if i stay down here i want to work there and uh, i just got lucky in order to be able to uh, to work there so um it's a, it's a good place it's a good community it really is they they uh, take care of us that's awesome that's really cool i would i would like to say one thing to uh the the now ex-girlfriend uh <laughs> you're and I, and i mean this when i say this you're a fool. <laughs> Do you understand that you let Lieutenant Brock go? Yeah, you're a, exactly. you're a fool. <laughs> that's right. And that's all I have to say. I won't, I'm not going to talk the rest of the episode now. <laughs> and I'm done. Uh, Alex, I've, I've heard from some other podcasts that I listen to and stuff like that, obviously when discussing police officers and stuff like that, people have sort of equated that job with being an impossible task, like something that no average person would be able to do. It's it's super complex. Like, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, it seems like, you know, you talked about, you know, everyone makes mistakes. When I make a mistake, uh-oh, someone didn't get booked yeah. in the right conference room. And, oh, no, we have to reschedule the training. Oh, no, the uh, podcast didn't record. Oh, no, the podcast didn't record. You know, when, when police officers make a mistake, I mean, it could be life or death in some situations. Or it could, you know, on the low end, could be injury. It could, it could lead to a lot of things. So, you know, mm -hmm. you, we talked about bias and stuff like that. It, it seems incredibly difficult. Like, can you give me your thoughts on, on the, the sort of the, the taxing uh, job that is being a police officer? Yeah, I think, you know, with with officers that have been in law enforcement for a long period of time, 10, 15, 20 years, uh, they don't even look at it as a complicated uh, task anymore. Like, mm -hmm. it's just a way way of doing things, and you just do it so so fast. And these decisions that, you know, these officers make are so quick, and they have to be spot on a uh, majority of the time. And uh, if not, then, of course, like you said, it could be life or death of the officer or the person that they're dealing with. Exactly. Um, but, uh, you know, they don't, They honestly, in the academy, they don't train you to be good at that. Like, that just comes with um, experience as a law, law enforcement officer. And, uh, you know, when I got into law enforcement, somebody told me, like, hey, you're going to be a rookie until you've been a police officer for three years. And I'm <laughs> like, what? Are you, are you kidding me? Like, I'm like, I could do everything right now, and I've only been on the job for six months. You know, you're, you're not taught, you don't really know what you're saying. 
but uh um now i tell those the, the new officers the exact same thing like look man you're not going to know everything ever and you're not going to be a seasoned officer that you've been here for three years or been in law enforcement three years mm-hmm. um it, it's tough to make those decisions but nothing really prepares you for it i think some of the some officers that have experienced a lot in their life are better at this job than maybe somebody that had a easy or sure um I don't want to say sheltered life, but maybe just didn't see all aspects of life. Mm-hmm. The officers that are really, really, yeah, the officers that are really, really good, um, you know, maybe they didn't have a great home life or maybe, you know, they've just been around the block a few times and they can kind of have street smarts about things. It's mm-hmm. not all about books and, and police work. Like, of course, you know, have a degree and, and that type of thing will help you in police work, but it won't make you a great police officer by just going to school nonstop for 10 years it's not gonna it's not gonna help that like you need to be street smart you need you need to be able to talk to people and relate to people and if you can't talk to a stranger you, you better not get into police work at all cool i will not join police work right, so so yeah. introverts <laughs> introverts typically need not apply cool i'm good at training yeah. people but you say doug i watch those cop shows and i watch them go all right go out and uh canvas this area ask people questions i'm like that would suck like hi i'm like, yeah. can you tell me i would i just i anxiety builds right. up in my chest i'm like Ah, no. I mean, Doug can't even stand the people who stand. You know, the people who stand in the corners and like, do you have time yeah. for the uh, uh, the uh, the whales or the ASPCA or the whatever? No, yeah. Doug's like, I can't. I don't want to talk to you. I don't know how to I say no. I want to get from point A to point B. Don't tell me about what you want me to sign up for. I won't do it. <laughs> yeah, that sounds. Oh, yeah. That sounds it sounds, it sounds like you're a waking nightmare for you. It really does. Yeah. Like a lot of that. I also don't do very well with conflict. So that also not a good <laughs> profession for no. me. No, no, definitely not. No. <laughs> speaking, yeah. speaking of conflict, you get into more conflict than you ever want. To, yep, I'm me. good. I get, I get. You know, I've had enough, and it's not been much. <laughs> yeah, not only do you get into it, but you gotta, you gotta settle it, or you gotta help settle it, and it's, and it's between two people that are not seeing the same thing, and, oh. and it's tough. It's tough. So Dave's, you know, and, Dave's brought this up a few times, and we've talked to him off mic, and I think he might have brought it up on mic too, but off mic he brought it up a, a couple times. Uh, and, and that segues really, really perfectly into this, um, de-escalation, mm. right? So you're, you're de-escalating when, when again, when we, de- when we mediate or de-escalate in our nine to five jobs, you know, it's yeah. okay. So the client was mean to you and this makes you feel how, okay, well, I'm sorry, sunshine, you know, I feel better. Um, but when you're doing it, it could be a very, very real life or death situation. So like what, Dave has has often touted your ability, uh, your superhero-like ability. Yes. As strong as Superman is, you have this equivalent <laughs> strength in de-escalation. So how did you how did you come about these powers? What is your origin story with these powers? I, I, and like how you do know, you like I, what is, what are some like just what are your which uh, how do you do it? What are your tips? Teach us. Ah uh, man, it, it's you know I don't know um, it's tough <laughs> because uh, I I guess I just. As a police officer, that's all you do every day is you de-escalate things. I mean, you literally, you go to a, a motor vehicle accident and somebody's, you know, teed off about their car getting, you know, smashed and you got to get the information from them. So you're just like, look, man, you know, I know it's, it's a bad day. I understand that I'm having a bad day, but this is only going to get better from here because we're going to get your car fixed. We're going to help you out. Um, we're going to do whatever we can and, you know, help you as 
and make this an easy process as possible. And you just, I just reassure people um, most of the time if I can. Um, you know, I've talked to people that are looking at, you know, 10 to 20 years in prison, and there's just, I don't know, it's just you don't treat them any different, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And it, I think that helps out um, talking to people. So if I talk to just anybody, like I try to find something to relate to them. So if I want them to do something, I just try to relate to them some way. And, and maybe, unfortunately, some people, re- you know, relate to you screaming at them or you just, you know, yelling them to tell them to do something. They're like, okay, I'll do it. You know, or, <laughs> that's, you know, that's the only way some people can people, get off. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And <laughs> there's other people that, you know, you've got to have a calmer tone and you got to talk to them that way. And you just got to judge it. And some people are good at judging it. Some people aren't. And uh, I don't, there's no like special trick. Now there are, there is training out there. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's called uh, crisis intervention training, CIT. Um, I'm not sure if you if you ever heard of it, but that's what they're teaching in, in police academies now across the nation. And it's simply being able to take a take a person in crisis, regardless if it's a mental health or PTSD or just a you know just a bad day, and being able to bring them down from that. And we're we're getting more people trained in that. Um, I never actually got to go to it. Um, I always wanted to go to it, but um, I just I got into a position now that they, they don't send me. I'm not typically working on the road very much anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but all of our new officers coming right out of the police academy will have that. And down down in our area, every, everybody that goes to the police academy down here gets it. And then we can always send people that don't have it. That's one of our first trainings we try to get them to. Wow. Well, what's what, what's really uh, hit me? I, I do a lot of customer service training uh, in my job, and mm-hmm. really, you spoke to a lot of the tenants of that. When one of the, the two of the key things I heard you say was one, active listening, really listening yeah. to the other person, and the two is empathy, relating to that person. And um, you know, when you brought this up, I've seen you know some shows. Uh, you know, one of my favorite ones recently is uh oh geez it's already left me it's flint town on netflix you know looking at the cops in flint michigan and some of my favorite Mm -hmm. scenes are when those those police officers will actually find a way to connect with someone in a terrible situation and you could just see the sort of the de-escalation happen and i'm like god that's so magical because they they're sitting there like look i think at the end of the day when they can look at someone and they go look man i don't I don't want to. I don't want to argue with you either. And once you could see it happen, like I, there was one yeah. particular scene where there's these guys outside this club, and there had been a shooting, and this guy was just really popping off with all of his friends, and the the police officer found a way to just be like, dude, like I just need you to tell me what's going on, you know, like because the guy was getting all like sort of alpha and aggressive. He's like, uh, let's let's, and he found a way to talk him down, and the guy was like, all right, we're cool, we're cool, you're right. He realized he's like, I'm here to help you, like yeah. we don't have to do this right now. Like I want what you want. And getting that across, especially in those critical moments, because, you know, I'm sure you know, those things can escalate to violence very quickly. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it can. I know my go-to normally is, because 95% of the time we're called to wherever we're going to deal with. Um, There are times that we roll around in our patrol patrol cars and we're like, oh, you know, that's not right. We need to go talk to that person. (laughs) So, uh, um, but majority of the time we're called to that area. Um, mm-hmm. so a lot of times, you know, somebody's like, man, why, why are you stopping me? Like, you know, there's other people to stop. And I'm like, look, I was called here because 
you know, you evidently were doing something. They gave me a description that matches exactly what you're wearing. You're the person I need to talk to right now. And I just need to talk to you, see what's going on. Like, mm-hmm. that's it. Just tell me what's going on and we'll go from there. And a lot of times they're like, oh, all right. Because I guess I don't know how many people know this. I, I would me and law enforcement, I'm like, well, you know, that's just a common sense. But we have to go to every single call we're called to, regardless of how minute it is or how idiotic it is or whatever. Mm-hmm. If, if someone calls the police station and requests an officer to go somewhere, an officer needs to go there and talk to that person. And it's important to that person for that officer to come out, regardless of what the situation is. And a lot of people think we can kind of like pick and choose, mm-hmm. but, uh, and sometimes we wish we could, but, um, <laughs> it is unfortunately we have to go to these calls. We serve the public and, and there's officers out there that forget, um, that part, you know, they forget that we serve the community. So, mm-hmm. um, I think, I think once people understand that, then it's, it's one of those things like, okay, well, this, you know, this officer has to be here. So if I want him to leave, then I need to talk to him, <laughs> you know, he's not going to leave, you know, <laughs> but, um, most people are pretty good about, uh, you know, at least talking to us some, some way. Now there are, uh, you know, two, two to three percent out there that, um, they don't care what we say. They're, yeah. they're not going to talk to us, but, um, but I mean, everybody's different and, uh, you know, you deal with whatever you have in front of you and, you try to try to make it better. That actually leads to a really another good question I have, which what, what are some of you mentioned like Oh, it's a good question you have? Yeah, it's a you're, good question. You're actually going to <laughs> like pat yourself on the back yeah, for your question. Because it, it relates to <laughs> right, what we fine, were just talking fine. about. Like, way to go, Doug. Um, <laughs> uh, so you talked about something something common that people don't understand. What are some other misconceptions uh, about police officers or kind of like the stuff that they do? Yeah, we, we cannot typically find uh, blood on a blade of grass. <laughs> so, wait, wait, time out. Yeah. You're, telling well, hold me, on a you're telling me that yeah. CSI, most of my, yeah. most of my high school yeah. and college life is a farce? Right. <laughs> Majority of it is wrong. Yeah. Lieutenant Brock, for shame. I tell you what. If we could solve a, a case of their magnitude in, in 50 minutes, I think we, we'd all be all-stars. You know? But uh, that's one of them. Um, what you see on TV or the movies is not always um, the same. Now, there is a new one. Obviously, you guys probably watched Live PD. Um, that's probably the closest thing that's out there that's, that really shows what we do because they show everything. It's not like cops and you know where they – they ride around with an officer for mm-hmm. um, 30 days to 60 days and get 30 minutes worth of footage that they can use. Um, these people are in their car during that whole shift for those three or four hours, and they go to every single call that this officer goes on, regardless if it's just a assistant, a motorist because of the you know their tire blew out or whatever. Um, they're following everything, and I think that's a good that that's that's a good thing that to have on TV right now. It's so, kind of saying, hey. This is some of the stuff we got to deal with on a day-to-day basis. It's not always fun. It's 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 a job, um, but you try to make it fun, just like any other job. If you don't make your job fun or interesting, then you just you're just going to get burnt out too quickly. Um, yeah. But uh, I think also is that we're all just like uh, one way, um, meaning we're all the same, or we all think the same, or um, we all act the same, or you know 
there's many times where I can be like, people say, well, I can, I can just spot a cop when I see him. Like how, like what, <laughs> what, what shows the cop? Like there are, there are people. Yeah. Well, you know, they got a badge, like, they got a badge on, <laughs> well, usually some shades, yeah, no, yeah. a flak jacket, <laughs> yeah. you know, they're riding around in a big car with big lights yeah. on it. Aviators. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, uh I don't, there's so many of them. Like, mm -hmm. I could probably go through so many, but those, the biggest one is, is the whole TV and uh, yeah. movie thing because it's just, it puts a wrench in our side a lot because if we go out to a call where, you know, somebody uh, got the car breaking in, broken into or, or something like that and they want us to, uh, you know, lift a print and then run it through our database and, and, <laughs> and tell them within like, you know, 10 seconds who that person is. You know, it just doesn't happen that way. Like, if we... <laughs> If we take a fingerprint, say we take a fingerprint off the car, uh -huh. and we send it to our crime lab, even down here in a little old Missouri, it takes for a fingerprint, it takes anywhere from seven to nine months to get that back. Are you serious? Shit! Wow! Yeah. Oh my god! And that's if and that's if that person has ever been fingerprinted for any reason. Oh my So gosh. if it's somebody yeah. that's never committed a crime or anything, you have nothing to check it off, check it with. So you have seven so, to nine uh, months of then you go, sorry guys, nothing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Wow. Yeah, and and you know, DNA it's uh it's about the same amount of time and sure. uh, that's again whether or not you have it on record. Which right. uh Missouri Missouri's fairly good, like if somebody goes to prison, um, then they have to give a DNA swab. And mm -hmm. then, you know, if they commit certain crimes, they have to be swabbed for DNA um, sure. automatically at time of arrest. So that that's helping that situation, but uh, it's not fast. It's not it's not fast. At right. All. Also, I mean, you know, finding it on the on the scene as mm -hmm. well. You know, like how many like semen covered crime scenes <laughs> do you go to? You realize you DNA is in more things than semen, right, Justin? I think you're wrong. No. <laughs> From what I've seen, it's only semen. I've read Wikipedia quite extensively, <laughs> and Wikipedia says. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. <clears throat> so um, let me think. So we got some other good stuff here. Uh, well, I, one that came up yeah. that's more topical that I was that I was wondering about. It, it, in the last two weeks, <clears throat> this has come up uh, quite a bit. Uh, the whole. Uh oh. Yeah. Uh -oh. oh yeah. Here comes the, the gotcha portion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, the whole thing with uh, uh, the 3D printed guns. Does the that, the 3D, the ability to the, to print 3D guns? Oh, that, I thought you were going to say lip sync challenge. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're saved on that <laughs> one for now. I mean, since this is not yeah. a video podcast. Well, now, that's, now that you brought it up. No, right. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we, we haven't done that yet. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, the uh, I, I, I was kind of wondering, like, what does that mean for law enforcement? Does that does that change anything for you guys? Does that are are you worried about it? Is it even on your radar? You know, uh, it's definitely a worry. Um, anybody that can make a, I mean, there's the, the thing is, is people have made guns out of anything at, for for a long time. Like it's it's not anything new. It's it's. It, I mean, obviously, if they want to use a three D three D printer. Um, that's a little different, but there's been homemade guns for, I don't know, decades, um, mm -hmm. maybe even centuries, you know, people making guns on their own. Um, it's, it worries me because, you know, even some of the guns now, or I should say majority of them, um, have to be bought and you have to 
you know, get everything checked out by the FBI. Uh, there might be need, there, there is a need, I think, for more checks, um, you know, but uh, 3D printing would, would take away a lot of that. And it, it is a worry because I, I just see, you know, kids using that more oh, than, yeah. uh, than anything. And, and that's not good. I mean, right now, uh, I think it was more last summer. We haven't seen too much of this summer, but there was a big thing going where, like, these kids were carrying BB guns, and these BB guns looked exactly like an actual firearm. Oh, and that's, that's not good. The, yeah, and the problem is, is we can't, in a split second, you can't, there's no person that I know of, at least, that can distinguish between a BB gun and a real gun in a matter of seconds of pulling it out of someone's waistband and being able to react to that properly um, is, I mean, that's a losing battle because if you don't engage and uh, protect yourself, then you could also um, possibly get shot. But if you engage, shoot that person and it happens to them just being a BB gun, then it hits, you know, mainstream media about yeah. uh, an officer killing somebody with a BB gun. So <clears throat> yeah. it's a lose-lose in that situation. And I, I think, you know, these 3D guns, you know, if kids are running around with that and it looks like a toy, um, you know, one of the, anybody can get shot by by um, a kid, teenager, or an adult and just think it was like a play gun. And right. I, I don't, I just don't like any of that type of thing. I'd, I'd rather, um, you know, anybody I talk to not have a weapon. Um, <laughs> but I, uh, usually um, in, in this area, there are quite a bit of people that uh, carry weapons mm -hmm. on, on them concealed. Um, but majority of them um, are not wishing to do me any harm. Mm -hmm. um, they're wanting it for their self-protection, and uh, I can understand that in some ways. And I think it's their it's their right to do it. Um, but when it gets down to making it in, in your own home, I think that's a stopping point. Yeah, that I, I've seen like some videos recently, of, like what they could potentially look like, look like, and they do look like toys. You yeah. know, I know they don't yeah. have like they a look lot pretty of, derpy. Yeah, they yeah. do. But it looks like Fisher a Fisher Price gun had yeah. an ancestral right. relationship with itself, and that's what came out of it. Exactly, it's yeah. like just really <laughs> gross looking, and that's what's and they're, they're not made for like rapid shots or in like reload. It's like you get a couple shots, it overheats and it melts, but that's all you right. need. You know, if you're if you're yeah. going to get someone, you know. And that's that's what you want. That's that's pretty mm -hmm. spooky to me to think that yeah. someone could just go, hey, ta-da, and, and take care of it. That's really spooky. Yeah, yeah, I agree. The, the um, thing that really, like, for me is that, that there's no uh, there's no registration number on it. Yeah. Like, it's a completely no. untraceable gun. Yeah. And that's, that, that yeah. is probably, to me, the most terrifying thing is that even if they ditch it, you know, there's, like, yeah. you can't, there's no tracing it. Like, there's no way to, yeah. I think what's yeah, all, I exactly. think the one thing that I'm sorry, go ahead, Alex. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I was just saying, like you know, if if all the guns out there have serial numbers, and you can at least trace trace it back to who bought it first, mm -hmm. um, yeah, and and go from there. Like, okay, well, you know, he went to a gun show, or he, you know, sold it to Joe Schmo, and then now you got to go talk to him and see who he sold it to, and um, but you have a starting point at least, mm -hmm. and then but with that, yeah, it's you have no clue who made that or who had it or, or whatnot. You you could always lift a print off it and then send that to the lab and then analyze it. Yeah. And within a matter of at least 20 minutes before the first commercial break, you got that print back. <laughs> See, what I was yeah, going to say I is mean, CSI, we can take solace in the fact that we know that somehow this is going to come up in an episode and it's going to give us a solution to absolutely, this problem. Absolutely, yeah. Some, <laughs> some really smart writer yeah, named yeah. John Weinstein is going to figure this out. Yeah. <laughs> 
bet I bet there will be a show out there that 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 does a, a skit or or something on uh, 3D guns. You know, I bet one of these cop shows out there probably do that. Yeah. Oh think. yeah. You guys just have to make sure you yeah. take copious notes, all right? Record it right. and be yeah. like, all right, guys, new trailer. Right. Let's watch NCIS yeah, exactly. New Orleans or whatever. You know, I, I think I've been doing stuff wrong because I've been watching and taking notes from Reno 911. So <laughs> sure Far superior show, I might add. <laughs> Far superior, I believe, for tactics and things. I love it. So Justin had a really good question. Yeah. You're welcome, Justin. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he wrote this one, and this one I, I love because I've seen this a lot, too. Um He's Justin said he's very curious about the YouTube videos that show people defying police officers with their perceived quote unquote superior knowledge of the law. Is that common? Mm -hmm. Do you run to people who challenge you and your authority often, or are those interactions infrequent in your daily uh, day to day? No, not not a lot, honestly. I mean, we've run into a few, um, but in Missouri, you know, it, it's it's unlawful to disobey a lawful order, so. Mm -hmm. If an officer is simply trying to ID you and you, you know, and we have reason to do that, um, and they put up a front or, you know, the, the whole I know my rights type thing, uh, usually that doesn't end well for them. Um, if, it, if, if we have a reason to 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 want to look at somebody's uh, mm -hmm. ID, you know, we, we can't just... Um, if we see a person just walking down the street minding their own business, we can't really go up to them and be like, show me your ID. You know, mm -hmm. um, that's, that's where I think people are misperceived by not having to show an officer their ID. Um, obviously every state's different. Um, but mm -hmm. you know, Missouri, if, if we have a reason to be there, um, and a reason to ID somebody, then they must, I, you know, show that. And that's kind of where I think that's where the defiancy starts. Like that's where, that's when people are, you know, they automatically start with that and then it goes downhill, completely downhill. Yeah. Um, and then uh, we just haven't seen it very much down here. Um, everybody's fairly, fairly good. And a lot of people, you know, if, if they're out there with their cell phones or whatever, recording it, it doesn't matter how nice that police officer is or, <laughs> or how bad that police officer is or how good that police, it's a losing battle. That person is going to be defiant regardless. And if you arrest them, that just helps their cause even more. But we have to do it. We have to we have to do these things to keep some type of order. And then we just may not have to look like the the bad person. And you know, sometimes it's warranted. Sometimes it's not. Mm -hmm. uh, but luckily, I, I haven't seen it too much down here. It's how do you and your offers, uh, officers, offers, geez, officers, um, <laughs> you know, I don't know, I don't know how often the people whipping out their phones thing kind of happen, but how do you guys respond in those sort of situations? You know, if, if somebody wants to record me, that's fine. Um, I'm already recording them, um, with our body cam. <laughs> fair so, enough. <laughs> um, it's fair, I guess, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> they can, uh, they can record me just as easy as I can record them. Um, it doesn't bother me at all. Um, mm -hmm. I, I love having, body cams on police officers in my opinion and Damn. i know there's officers out there that hate it they despise it but i've seen as a as a sergeant and a lieutenant help the police officer more than hurt the police officer mm -hmm. obviously there's there's times where it does hurt a police officer if they do something stupid and they deserve to be caught mm -hmm. um but it's there's there's a lot of things going on that i've seen personally that somebody comes in and wants to make a complaint on an officer about how they were treated or how that interaction went. And some of it's true, but some of it's not true. Mm -hmm. And by us having the body cam footage, we get a firsthand account of exactly what occurred. 
And uh, we usually can disprove some of that. And if we can't disprove it, then we have a good tool in order to discipline the officer if needed. So I think, it, as a, especially as a supervisor, it's the best thing in the world um, <laughs> for, for this. For this, Because uh, it, it, I can't be everywhere. Yeah. You know, so um, I got to trust the officers that are doing the right thing. But if they get called out on something, I at least have something to look at. So how do um, you, how do you, how does that, how does the body cam work? Is, that been, does it, is it perpetually recording just literally all day? Do you turn no, it on when you go not. into? Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're. <laughs> I'm gonna take my morning dump. Turn right. it on, you know. Yeah. Oh boy, yeah. that Dunkin' Donuts is running right like through me. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, it's um, there's a. It's in there's so, thirty minutes of just Ted taking his shit. <laughs> <laughs> Ted, Luckily, you might you, you might you, have a medical issue. Ted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like you always said, it always goes to it always goes to poop. That's right, we yeah. did it! Yay! Guys, happy yeah. birthday! We did it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, luckily, there's a button on the uh, on the camera. At least the one we have. There, there's so many different companies that are pushing body cams out, and I don't know how they all work. But the one that we use, um, it has like a little hard drive that goes in your pocket. Uh, a, a wire that plugs into that goes into a camera um, lens. And it clips onto your vest or your shirt or whatever you have on. And then there's a button on the side. There's two buttons. There's a switch for audio. And uh, there's a button that you got to hold down, actually, for about three seconds. It vibrates, and it, it's on. And then it vibrates every 10 seconds to kind of say, say, hey, you know, you're still recording. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you want to, when you want to turn it off, you got to hold it down for five seconds. And then it vibrates, you know, fairly, uh, uh, fairly longer. Mm-hmm. than what it did in the first place and it tells you hey you're, you're turned off now so the only weird thing is is like you wear it so much then all of a sudden you feel like your chest is vibrating it's not uh, oh, yeah. it's just like a, <laughs> yeah. it's a weird feeling you know you're like oh my gosh i get I that i get that, that my cell phone all the time car. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're like i just sang that car that song in my car was i recording <laughs> you know, like, oh, oh no oh, oh no your stomach dropped and, uh, <laughs> So but, here's my number. Call me, yeah. maybe. Yeah, exactly. You're like, oh, no. Uh, you I'm know, never going to live that shit down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because I'm telling you, if, it's, if a police officer gets a hold of that, you would never <laughs> have it, it's, it's terrible. That <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, but the good thing is we, we don't we don't have to turn it on all the time like if somebody comes up to me in a gas station i'm not going to turn it on mm-hmm. of course now somebody comes up to me in a gas station and starts yelling at me yeah. now i'm gonna turn it on mm-hmm. um but any call we go to any traffic stop any um we typically don't put them on for accidents um i always did just in case you never know what's going to happen mm-hmm. um but uh it has a fairly long battery life um we have extra batteries obviously and it records um quite a long time so that you're never in an eight to 10 12 hour period um you're not going to run out of space so yeah. you can, we just download them every day that's really cool and then do you guys is there like a how and, and feel free to to say no to, to to answering this too but is there like a length of time that you keep those stored on some server or something or do they live just kind of forever yeah well it depends the it depends on the crime that occurred so if it's just a run-of-the-mill um traffic stopped and somebody was issued a citation and no nothing that else occurred you know we may keep that for three to six months um but if it is like a homicide or assault um first or any of those you know mm-hmm. the main 
um, felonies, um, we have to request that to be saved, mm-hmm. and uh, we save all of those. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, obviously, yeah. I, I, I'm, I love the idea of that sort of stuff just for accountability. And like you said, not for the officer, but also for the public because, I mean, yeah. I, think, I think you described that really well where some people, they perceive how the situation went. And right. their perception is not necessarily the truth. And I love how you described that, which was like, it, part of it's true, but part of it isn't. And yeah. that sort of stuff, I think, is so crucial, especially when it's just like a handful of people, like two people, you know, yeah. an officer and a, and a citizen, right. or maybe two officers and a citizen. So it's like people are immediately going to be like, yeah, of course the cop's going to stand up for his buddy or whatever. And and to have that as like sort of the the, uh, the truth serum and all of it, I think, is is super important. And not only that, I got to imagine that's really helpful for training purposes as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it is. I mean, especially like, so we have to do um, a video review every quarter. And I think probably a lot of police departments do this, but we, um, <clears throat> I have to look at at least one body cam um, of every officer and one car cam of every officer um, at least once every three months, so every quarter. Mm-hmm. And it, it, I just randomly pick them, um, and then you watch them, I critique them, and I, you know, if they're doing something good, that, that's awesome. If they do something bad, I can bring them in and show them, like, hey, this is what you did. You may not have seen this. It happened to me. I, I remember I was a young officer, and my lieutenant uh, brought me into his office, and I didn't know why I was going in there, but he's like, hey, uh, I want you to look at this video. And I'll, automatically, I'm like, well, he's not bringing me in here to, to <laughs> you know, say, you did a really good job. So um, I was on a traffic stop, actually, and I pulled the guy out of the car um, to talk to him because I, I can't remember if I smelled alcohol or, or whatnot. But I was talking to him, and as I'm running um, his information on my on my radio, he walks back to his car and I'm like, you know, I can even hear myself in the video. Like, Hey, can you come back over here? And I'm trying to get him back to where I'm at. And he does. And I think everything's good. I, you know, issue him a citation. He gets on his way and leaves. Well, at some point that I didn't see it, you know, when I was there, but in the video, it clears that you can see him take something out of his, you know, right pocket and throw it back into his car. Mm. So, you know, to this day, I don't know what it was. It was, um, mm. I don't, you know, it could have been drugs. It could have been, it could have been anything, and I have no idea. So, but it was a big eye opener for me that hey, you need to pay a little more attention to um, the people you're dealing with, regardless of you know who they are or what or, or what. You just need to be uh, be in the moment and, and pay attention. That that gives me another good question. Like I, because another reason why I'd be a terrible cop is I always want to give people the benefit of the doubt. And I feel like there's a lot, I, when I watch some of these shows, these police officers are able to tell real quick who's full of shit yeah. and who's not. And I feel like I'm like, well, how, you don't want to judge someone. I mean, maybe, <laughs> you know, how do you, how do you dig through that? How do you kind of find like oh. the truth and all that? It's, it is tough. I mean, it, <laughs> it really is. I mean, it, it's a, it's an art it, almost. I mean, that, I've been wrong. I've been right. Um, you know, I've been wrong about people. I've been, you know, either one way or, or, or I looked at them and said, oh, man, you know, this person is going to give me nine kinds of hell. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden they're just fine, you mm-hmm. know. And then other times I'm thinking, oh, this person's going to be great, easy. I can I can go over there, talk to him for like two seconds, and I'm out. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it turns and, you know, goes downhill quick. So um, it's, it's one of those where you just – it all is about their – it's more – less what they say and more how they act. Mm-hmm. So 
you know, it's if if somebody doesn't have anything to hide, they're not going to be you know shaking. They're not going to be fidgety. They're not going to be looking away from you. They're going to be looking at you in the eye. They're going to be standing still. They're going to be engaged in it. They're not going to be wanting to like look like they're they're wanting to leave or run or looking looking for ways out or you mm-hmm. know maybe they're blading their stance like they're getting ready to fight. You need to pick up on that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so many different. Um, I can't think of the word. I guess body mechanics or nonverbal communication like tells nonverbal communication yeah that's a that's a better way of saying uh you know you you have to pay attention to that um somebody could be saying you're the greatest police officer in the world and they're squaring up to just rock your world you know and and you just got to pick up on that and there's so many training videos out there where unfortunately the that police officer did not uh pick up on that and you see the aftermath of it and it, Mm -hmm. it really makes you remember those incidences and you pay attention yeah yeah that's tough to uh to flip mm-hmm. and to lighten it up a little bit uh i mm-hmm. uh my my dad for for 35 30 something odd years was a firefighter and yeah <clears throat> he had some of the best uh prank stories that i've ever heard in my life because it's a, it's you know it's it's a little uh it's a little brotherhood brother sisterhood uh you know in 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 with your other uh, fellow firefighters, or, or in your case, your other officers, and I'm sure that you guys have pulled some amazing pranks on each other, similar to the body cam was recording me singing a song, <laughs> you know. And now yeah. we're going to we're going to make that very public. Uh, is there anything you know, that stands out to you uh, that you that you feel comfortable telling us about <laughs> uh, prank wise that that either you had pulled on you or that you were a part of pulling on someone else? Because I know I know it's there. <laughs> No, yeah, no, I, um, I haven't had a lot played on me, thankfully. Um, but there's, there's this one, until now, this one person. <laughs> yeah, it's challenge now. accepted. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, see, I know there's one story that sticks out in my mind that I thought was fairly funny. This guy, he had only been with us for I don't know three or four weeks, so he didn't quite know everybody. He was. You know, everything you said to him, he believed it. Oh, no. So there was a moment that an officer locked themselves out of the car. And, uh, you know, somebody had to call somebody else up to come get their, you know, bring him key, a set, different set of keys and get them out. So this this officer was training this new officer. And they were talking about that situation. And he's like, you know, if, if that ever happened again, uh, behind the, the driver's side rear wheel, if you, you stick your hand up there far enough, there's like a little button up there. And, and if you ever lock yourself out of your car, you can just hit that You can just hit that button and it and unlocks your, your car doors. And then you don't have to call nobody. You don't have to look like an idiot. You don't, you're good. So he didn't think anything else of it. it. You know, they went on a couple calls. Um, they were fueling up the car. And he's like, hey, you know, fuel, fuel up the car. I'm going to go inside. So the guy's fueling up the car. And... He's like, man, it's just taking a little bit longer than normal to uh, to actually fill up this car. So he goes out there, and this guy's on his hands and knees looking under that rear wheel, <laughs> trying to find that button. And uh, we all know that we all know that's not it's not there. But man, he it was it was funny in the moment. It's still funny to this oh, day. No. So he, uh, I can just imagine yeah. he's got his head halfway up the wheel while looking for that fucking button. Yeah. You know who that is? That yeah, would be me. Would. It would be absolutely <laughs> be me because I'd be like, okay, boss. Oh, oh. Oh no! I don't want to look stupid. And then, of course, I would be like, 
It'd be funny if you're like, yeah, if you reach up, you'll feel it, and for some reason it's like oil or something. So right. if someone comes out like with, they're like, oh, look who's look at oily hands. Someone was trying to find the button. <laughs> You know, 100% I, that would be me. I also love the fact that you think the uh, the the oil uh, the screw to, to let the oil out is right up under the wheel well. I understand <laughs> what goes into a car, Justin. You you the, the car the doors go up and down, and then when you hit 88 miles per hour, you go back to 1985. Right. <laughs> back in time. Uh, that's fucking amazing. By that's the great. Way. Um, I wanted to play, uh, and this Doug didn't even, doesn't know that. I just kind of thought of this uh, in the moment. I wanted to play a quick little game for you before we uh, before okay. we start to wrap up here. Uh, police ten codes, right? Everyone <laughs> okay. knows ten four means uh, Roger. I I acknowledge it. That's an okay. But there's a lot of other ten codes. So I wanted to I wanted to do a quick quiz if you're into it, oh and see if you could uh, if you know some of the some of the ten codes. Well, I'm. The the only issue I, is that every police department's ten codes are different. Oh, they are. See, I didn't know this. I'm learning. Things. Yeah. So so like there's certain ten codes that we use that are not even in like uh, like something you can find on the internet. Like it's just a, a, a number that usually is not assigned to it, and we we make it something else. So, Interesting. But I mean, obviously, there are very popular ones. Um, well, I I found a I found a general use police ten codes a general use sheet. So this, Perfect, yeah. so I, 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 I'm hoping this one, this game could backfire on me very quickly. Yeah, it backfire on you, not me. So. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'll just throw a few at you, and we'll see. Uh, we'll see. We'll find out real quick. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, if yeah. if if after two we don't get it, then we'll end the game. <laughs> okay. Uh, All right. So what about uh, what if someone uh, called a ten ten? I have no idea. No idea? Okay, cool. That's yeah, one. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hold on. I had another one here. Um, what about a 1078? No. Cool. This game is done. Wait, I got one. Okay, this is a, what's the 10 code when there's cupcakes in the break room? There's cupcakes in the break room? Yeah. Um, we don't say it over the radio. We text each other. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We got, we, we got 1088, 1088. <laughs> what about, do you, do you know the one for, uh, it's a 10-143? The what? 10-143, a 10-143? Uh, no. That, that means that we love Officer Alex Brock. <laughs> uh, you know, I can't teach anybody else that. They will read me for that. <laughs> yeah, well, the nice thing is, it's now it's it's, it's lives on the, it lives on the internet. It's like uh, ten one forty three out there, ten one forty three. Ten four. Yeah, now, uh, <laughs> so how about how about a ten? 10 oh, sorry, go ahead. I would say ten fifteen is the most used. That's if that, that's how we say something. You know, like somebody's arrested. Like we have somebody. Okay, gotcha. we gotcha, detain gotcha. them. Gotcha. Yeah. Cool. How about a how about a ten one thousand? <laughs> I want to feel like that's something movie-wise. <laughs> no. Uh, I'll tell you what it is. That's the code for a throwdown in oh, progress. Throwdown! <laughs> you didn't see it coming, Brock! You were, you were thinking I of the T-1000, which is a Terminator from Terminator 2. Yeah. So that's absolutely, you were absolutely in the right boat for, yes, it is a throwdown. So today's throwdown, uh, in honor of having Lieutenant Brock on here, uh, well, I wanted to do a cop throwdown. Yeah, I was right? thinking the same thing. I could only think of one, but I couldn't think of two. Who who was the one you thought of? John McClane. Okay. Uh, okay. Brock. We already did that. Beat him. <laughs> 
That's right. You're right. right. Dave said that. He That's was right. So yes. we are going to bring John McClane back since uh-huh. he's one of the most famous cops. Yes. But we're going to put him against someone who he has a chance with. Okay. Right? He had stood no chance against Lieutenant Brock. Mm-hmm. Right? That's yeah, just right. F- flat out. That's yeah. not a not fair fight. Exactly. Right? That's like putting Ant-Man against the Hulk. Yeah. You're going to die. <laughs> Maybe. No? Can I be the Hulk? <laughs> that's like that's like who's the guy from Deadpool two? Was it Paul? Oh yeah, yeah. So that's like putting Paul against the Hulk. There we right? go. There that's go. better. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so today we're gonna do John McClane versus Martin Riggs from Lethal Weapon. Good one. Ooh. I could not think of another good cop, and that's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Gentlemen, let it begin. Yeah. Man. So here's the here's the issue. I'll, I'll set I'll set the stage. Please. All right. They're okay. in space. So they're in space. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're in an airlock. <laughs> There's one suit. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, they are obviously uh, they are uh, on the roof of a building. <laughs> of course. I mean, because yeah. why wouldn't either of them be they there? They have to be. That's where most of them they spend most of their time. Um, right, right, right. They vacation on roofs. Uh, so. They're, they're on a roof of a building. Uh, there's been a call, right? There's been a 10... And they, people said, you know, uh, all officers, there's a 10 in progress. Uh, please get to the roof of the building. The, the Nakatomi Plaza. Of the building, yeah. <laughs> and uh, they both run up there, and they're both, uh, they're both looking for someone who's armed. It's a bad guy. And uh, they've been they've been in the news, so they're both on high alert because this is like, this is it. We're going to catch this bad guy. But it's both of them. They don't know each other. So the other person, they could assume the other person is the bad guy. Mm-hmm. So they're both on edge. Mm-hmm. They're both ready for a fight. Mm-hmm. And they're on a roof. They both have the same uh, semi-automatic handgun. Okay. Well, I would, I would say initially Riggs is the more, well, I'm assuming from, from the lethal up in part one. Sure. R- Riggs is a little more unstable. Sure. Uh, yeah. So yeah, he yeah. definitely is more unpredictable, and he also has a death wish. So I think that gives him an edge. <laughs> yes, but in, in the yeah. past, you have argued that that could also be a hindrance. But in his sake, because, you know, he's crazy, you know, like it, it works out for him in that movie. You know yes, what I mean? Yes, it does in the movie, yes. Yeah. You know, and I, I feel like John McClane is a lot more like... <laughs> Wrong place, wrong time. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah, and he's, yeah. he seems like more he seems like more of a cop than Riggs does. <laughs> yeah, Riggs seems yeah. like a, a former uh, military, you know, uh, PTSD sort of situation. Where right, he's like you want to jump? Let's jump! You know, it's just. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I feel like, um, and who has more? I, the thing is, Riggs also has more combat experience. He was a sniper. He was, yes, he military. was military. Uh, I don't think McLean was ever military, but he's from New no, York, man. I don't think so. He's from fucking New York, brother. Yeah, <laughs> brother. Yeah. Okay, Hulk. Okay, I mean, brother. Close. He's from New York, brother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now we're just—that's the real Hulk talking. Right <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's—it's a tough one. I, I think. Um, I think. I don't know. John Johnny uh, John McClane just has a lot. I feel just more situational awareness. Like, doesn't yeah. matter what you throw that guy into, he's going to be able to 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 get it done. Um, he's also really Marty, resourceful. He is. He's, he's a, yeah, a fantastic improviser in the situation. Very resourceful. Yeah. I agree. Exactly. And Riggs Riggs might just actually just jump off the top of the building into <laughs> a pool. So, um, Fuck this. I'm not sure exactly how that how to combat that. But, uh, I'll live forever. So, 
Yeah. Uh, man, that's a tough one. I, if there's glass up there, you got to get it. <laughs> um, <laughs> however, you know, you cannot, you cannot tie up rigs. Exactly. Because dislocate his shoulder and, and he'll get out and of it. And he'll get so, out of it and right. he'll strangle you with his legs. Exactly. <laughs> I, exactly. Feel, I feel like the combat experience, Riggs is going to have the upper hand. I do, yeah. But yeah, maybe oh, you're right. Maybe, I'm not going to lie. I'm super torn on this one. I think you might be right, but his unhinged stuff may actually be a hindrance too. Like, like he's he can have. I think he can hit the berserker like uh, point real easy, and he's going to throw McLean for a loop. Mm-hmm. But McLean, yeah. we've seen him battle a lot of a lot of different like varieties of people, mm-hmm. and he's always somehow f- like figured out a way. He's improvised in the moment. Mm-hmm. He's figured out a way to to do that. I feel like he's going to use his rigs. He's going to use rigs. Berserker mode to his his advantage, yeah. And he's somehow going to uh-huh. use basically again get him to jump off the fucking building. But here's the thing: I feel like right. if it's a straight up physical fight, I think Riggs wins because while yeah, I'll give you that. Bru- I almost said Bruce Willis. It's not Bruce Willis. It's uh, McLean. McLean, while he's a brawler and he's shown that he can obviously fight you know terrorists sure. and and things like that. Riggs is like he's got ridiculous you know skills in, in yeah. terms of uh combat experience and things that he's learned like what was he like a green beret or something like, sure i can't remember that what sounds it was. right sure why yeah. not i think we've yeah. seen that his ability to to do uh hand-to-hand combat far outweighs mclean and let's face it that's where this is going this is going to hand-to-hand combat right they're gonna they're they're each gonna run out of bullets yeah we'll, we'll do that <laughs> the oh, movie situation yeah. right yeah yeah, yeah. They both, as they're rounding the corner, they're both checking their clips, and they realize they only each only have two bullets left. Yes, right. So I think. Yeah, which, which yeah. One? Go ahead, Jax. I was going to ask which, which lethal weapon is it? Where like they're they're in a shipping crate area, and there's money flying down, and they're, those two are fighting. Oh, um, I th- is that two? It, it's the one that has diplomatic immunity. Oh, that's that's the second one. Yeah. Yeah. It's just been revoked. <laughs> <laughs> now here's the question. Here's the question. We can come back to the actual throwdown, but who's got the one-liner throwdown in the bag? It's got to be oh, easy, John McClane. It's got John, John McClane. All right, he's got the one-liner. Yeah, yeah. Know, he's got he's got that. 100%. He's got the one-liner. Okay, yeah. good. Because they both come yeah. from the era of like yeah. brilliant one-liners. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, it, it pains me to say this, but I think I got to go with Riggs. You got to go with Riggs, really. I just I feel like. This is going to come to fisticuffs, and it's not going to be. It's not going to be again. Most of these throwdowns aren't just clean cut. There's going to be a lot of right. blood. Oh yeah, yeah. But I feel like John McClane just is not going to be able to handle. Although you know what, though, he's also handled other military people. That's what I'm saying. Ah. Like he's he's gone up against no! a, a lot of really tough uh, adversaries that are military trained. Yeah. Oh. Even a Cuban general. <laughs> <laughs> the way you said that, even a Cuban general. Oh, I don't know. I don't. Would would Riggs be able to work without Sergeant Murtaugh? See, that's a good thing. He's kind of his point. anchor. That's a good point. I I'm gonna I got I'm gonna have to say I'm gonna make a stand and say John McClane by a fucking hair. Uh huh. By an like yeah. the slimmest of margins. I'm gonna say McClane. My heart says McClane, but my brain can't reconcile the reason why. Yeah. So I guess I'm gonna have, right. I'm gonna go with McLean on this one too, guys. And it is yeah. a close one, but we're gonna say McLean for the win. <laughs> However, 
please, <laughs> listeners, yeah. correct us because this one I feel like you could get some really good arguments both ways. I feel like we're oh, missing yeah. some very fine details here. Right. So please weigh in on I'm, this one. I'm gonna call on Milos. <laughs> I'm gonna call on Mills to come back and cause he is a huge Lethal Weapon fan. Nice. I'm gonna call on him to to, to bring in the argument for Murtaugh because yeah. uh or for for, uh, for, for Riggs, yeah. 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 Awesome. Very cool. Anyway. Yeah, if it was Murtaugh, then it'd be easy, John McClain. Right, because <laughs> we all know Murtaugh's too old for this shit. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's so cool. Well, Alex, thank you so much for taking the time uh, to chat with oh, us. Anytime. This is very, yeah. very fascinating stuff, and we appreciate uh, your your time and your, your candor and all this. This has been really great. So um, as we wrap anything up, uh, is there anything you'd like to promote? Um, is there anything you'd recommend movie-wise? Um, anything like that? Uh, I would say uh, for sure. I mean, I, I would hope that people already saw it, but if they haven't seen um, the Netflix series Ozarks, oh. I feel like Ooh. they really need to. One, I mean, it's a little selfish. You know, it is um, in Missouri, or it take, <laughs> supposedly takes place in Missouri. Uh, but the new new season comes out August thirty first. The second season does. So um, I'm looking forward to it. I'm I'm, I'm I want to watch it so bad, and uh, obviously it shows. A little bit of uh, the Missouri side, on, unfortunately, some of the bad. Uh-huh. <laughs> the we, we going to get you said? <laughs> yeah, it's fairly accurate. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, honestly, also, uh, I'm a huge, um, and, and Dave knows this, like I love the game Fortnite, so that's all I nice. play. Um, and, uh, and I think that he... Hopefully, Dave, if you're listening to this, I will play Overwatch with you soon. <laughs> I'm sorry I've been neglecting you. Um, I know, I know you want me there to play with you, and I'll, I'm coming, buddy. <laughs> what's your, uh, what's your, who's your character of choice in Overwatch? I, I love Zenyatta. Uh, that's it's kind of uh, nice. the one I play with the most. Um, I'm, I feel like that's the one I'm, I'm best at. But usually, to so me, playing Fortnite a little bit, I'll, when I come back, I'll probably play some uh, Soldier 76 because nice. it's just more like what I'm used to playing right now. So, sure. Uh, but uh, unfortunately, when people shoot at you, you cannot build anything. Yeah. Uh, that's <laughs> that's so, so true. <laughs> yeah. So, which, let me but, ask you uh, this. Which, that, o- yeah. which Overwatch player best represents you as a police officer? Oh, there we go. Oh, uh, Junkrat. Junkrat? No, <laughs> no. I was going to say Winston. It's got to be Winston. <laughs> no. Uh, uh, the, the, honestly, uh, the way, you know, I guess I de-escalate things, like, I don't know. Maybe maybe it is Vignata. Maybe it's, that's my guy. <laughs> the, zen, Who knows? the Zen healer. Yeah. That yeah, makes sense. Yeah, the Zen healer, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I just, don't, I just don't throw balls at people. I, they don't like that. <laughs> that, out of context, makes perfect sense, and I love it. Yeah. Just don't throw balls at people. Awesome. So cool. Justin, you got anything to, to promote? Anything yeah. you're excited about? Uh, very much so. Uh, everyone, everyone needs to check out Lethal Weapon 1 and, <laughs> and Die Hard 1 because uh, they're just two great fucking movies. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of anything that I, I'm playing a new video game right now. Dave got me into it. It's called Divinity Original Sin 2. It's all about Jesus. Just kidding. It's a role playing game. Uh, it's really fun. You uh, <laughs> it's really really fun uh, I've actually been, it's got really good co-ops so I've been playing with my brother it's been an absolute blast uh, it's very role playing it's difficult and hilarious things happen every time you play through something is different so Dave's played a lot and based on how you react things happen in one particular situation I was playing as a, a lizard noble lizard man and I met another lizard who, who knows like my guy's backstory he insulted me and my option was to slap him in the face and I did and then all of a sudden we started fighting 
We killed him. My brother goes, you realize that's the guy that we have to get stuff from, right? We have to buy and sell stuff from him. I'm like, he goes, what happened? I'm like, well, he insulted me, and I slapped him. He goes, all right. <laughs> we literally <laughs> just went on a murder spree in this town, and it was awesome. So it was yeah. pretty cool. So check it out. It's it doesn't a cool sound game. like a de-escalation to me. No, it really wasn't. I'm like, you insult yeah. me? Slap. <laughs> murder. <laughs> and there we go. Murder yeah. time. So. Trust me, uh, there's times we want to do that. <laughs> yeah, sure. It exists. 100% it exists. Uh, guys, you can find MindGap on Facebook. Look for our page there. We're also on Twitter and Instagram at MindGap Podcast. And Justin, you exist digitally as well. There's a rumor that I do, and you can uh, verify that rumor. If you go to Instagram or Twitter at Justin underscore Michael, spelled M-I-K-E-L, it's the fun way of spelling it. And while you're in the online realm, check us out on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Google Podcasts. What? Apparently, that's a thing, and we are on it, as well as Spotify. Spotify. So on all the podcasting platforms, um, <laughs> Reese, <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> subscribe to us. Uh, that makes uh, all the difference in the world. Uh, leave us a review. Tell people who are looking at it uh, what they're in for. Uh, leave us a review there, and then also uh, share us around. If uh, look, Dave shared mm-hmm. this podcast with Lieutenant Brock. Lieutenant Brock is now one of our super fans, and he got on the show. Guys, oh, dreams, yeah. dreams come true. It happens. Right? This is We're at exactly. Elephant and Castle where dreams find direction. And by proxy, crime has been lowered. That's right. So things, good yeah. things happen when you share the podcast with your community. <laughs> you can build and strengthen your community. Is your community in just turmoil? Has has big industry left and now it's just like you live in a shanty town? Do you want to inject wealth into your community? Share Mind Gap. That is a lot of snake oil salesman stuff, and I love it. I'm just saying, guys. <laughs> and if you believe that, I have a property we need to talk about. <laughs> also, check out twoeastaith.com slash mindgap and twoeastaith.com slash the best bar podcast ever, which is the other podcast to do with Milos some Mondays. And uh, it's about the bar industry, and it's fun. Awesome. Uh, Lieutenant Brock, thank you so much again for your time. It's a pleasure having you here and uh, no educating the world. You're a good man, and we yeah. appreciate you. Thank you. I just also want to say it was happy three-year anniversary. Yay! Yay! Yes! Thank you so much. How yeah. nice. That was very nice of no you. No problem. Thank you, buddy. And I can't wait to, to hear the four, four year. So. Oh, wow. Look at that. Nice. Gosh, guys, what a great note to end on. You all, hopefully you can find someone as nice as Lieutenant Brock in your life. Very angry with saying that. (laughs) Have a good week, guys. We'll catch you next time. Mind Gap Podcast.